In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A funeral mass for an infant is completely different than a requiem mass for all others that we would be celebrating. There's a great reason for this, a very important reason for this difference. Because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has revealed to his church about what he does so beautifully and so mercifully for the soul of an infant who falls asleep in the Lord. You see, every one of us, and this would include Jonathan, every one of us is conceived inheriting the fallen condition of Adam, which means we inherited a lack of life. We inherited a lesser condition. We inherited a fallenness. But in the eyes and the mind of Christ, who is both the lover and the perfect judge of every soul, an infant who falls asleep is considered by him to be a holy innocent. A holy innocent. Yes, with the fallen condition inherited. But the infant has not lived from the fallen condition. He has committed no sin. And he has nothing in himself of sins of omission, things he should have done but didn't. He is considered a holy innocent. Therefore, Christ has revealed that Jonathan, this holy innocent, has fallen asleep. And Jonathan's soul, as he did, was borne by the angels directly into the bosom of Abraham. The comfort of the rest of his Lord Jesus Christ awaiting the resurrection as we all will be one day. See, the angels delivered Jonathan to the restorer of his fallen condition, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he is granted eternal rest. Davis and Leah, these parents, all of the family and all of us will enjoy him for an eternity which began with his birth. And there's no ceasing of it. We will enjoy him for an eternity, which is a far greater time than we would have ever had with him here on this earth. In fact, the mercy of God, this child will not suffer as we do. Hmm? And this is why the mass used today is the votive mass celebrating the holy angels who by the command of God bear the souls of mankind and bear the souls of these wonderful infants directly to our Lord Jesus Christ. So why has our Lord gathered us today to be with Him and to think this way and to pray these prayers that we're going to pray in this Mass today? Because He wants us to be joined to the reality of what He has done for Jonathan. He wants us to experience Jonathan's joy. He wants us to experience Jonathan's ecstasy. That's what he wants for us. And he wants to give us divine power to grieve only healthily and to celebrate what our Lord has done. And that very truth, every truth that I've just mentioned to you about what we're doing here and what our Lord has done for Jonathan this beautiful expression of love Jesus has given to him is why we remember the words of St. Paul on this day and on a day like this from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He said, 
But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. We do not mourn in any sense of hopelessness. We do not mourn in any form of despair because there is no finality in death. Death has been robbed of its finality by the one who is the life and the one who is the resurrection. In this case, we mourn only like this. We mourn from love. You too, loved, cared for dearly as parents. These last nine months, you loved. We ache because we can't physically anymore right now. For a brief vapor of a time, we mourn healthily because we loved. And that is where our mourning is to cease as Christians. It never goes anywhere else. Anywhere else is a lie from Satan. A disfigurement of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done. A twisting. We mourn from love only. Why? Because Jesus Christ said before the resurrection will happen on the last day and just before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Notice what he did not say. He did not say, I will resurrect all life in the end on the last day. We know that to be a truth. But those are not the words that he used when he proclaimed and revealed who he is. To all there at the grave of Lazarus. He said I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And he would demonstrate the fact that the resurrection. Is no mere event. That something going to happen in the future. That he is the resurrection. When he would call out to the soul of Lazarus. And you see Lazarus come forth. And the word of God's voice penetrated the grave. And it descended into Hades. And it called the soul and the soul obeyed. The soul obeyed its creator and came back and life was completely restored to Lazarus. And he came out of the tomb. The resurrection, not an event, not an event in the future. The resurrection, a person in the now. Our Lord Jesus Christ. Davis and Leah Myself, doctor, and the nurses who were in that delivery room got a foretaste of this, didn't we? I remember Davis texted me when it was time for the delivery to take place, and he asked me to come back and sit outside the delivery room, and I did. And as soon as I sat down in the chair, the doctor came in because it was time for the delivery to take place. He was so kind to me, and I appreciated him. He wanted to prepare me for what I was going to see. And he said to me, Father, you need to know what this is going to be like. I don't want you surprised. He said, when the child is born, he's going to be alive and there will be a heartbeat. We don't know how long that heartbeat will last. But he said he has no capacity because of the development in his lungs. He has no capacity to draw breath. So I want you prepared. He's going to look lifeless. And he said, I'm going to call you in immediately after Jonathan has been delivered. And so he went in. And when it was time and he was delivered, he came back out and told me to come in. And I came in and I saw the love on these two faces. 
as they held this precious one. And then I looked at this precious one. And he was beautiful. But you know what? It's just like the doctor described. The chest, no movement, no breath. We knew he had a heartbeat. And so we baptized John. And then we took the oil of holy chrism, the oil of the Holy Spirit, and put it upon his head saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. And as that oil touched his forehead, his mouth started moving like he was saying something. The doctor's eyes were like a deer in headlight because I saw him. And the nurses, they, were, they had joy. And the joy on Davis and Leah's faces was unbelievable. And you guys would attest to this. The joy that filled the room was beyond our human comprehension. Do you understand the gift that this was to you both, to me? And you nod your head, but I want you to hear this. You both understand it, and the Lord will open up your comprehension of what he did for you for a lifetime. So what do we do with an experience like that that God does for us? We do what the Blessed Virgin Mary did with the grand experiences when her child was born. She pondered these things in her heart daily. That means she chewed on them over and over, wanting to get every nutrient out of them, wanting to truly grow in understanding. Not if, when the morning takes a dive and you feel it getting unhealthy, remember what our Lord Jesus Christ did and he will bring the moment into the present and give you consolation. And when you're not mourning, you praise him during this time for what he did for all of us and for you in that room because when we praise him, he pulls up his throne and makes himself so very present to us. And he will be that rock and he will be that strength and comfort for both of you. You hearing me? Do this. And may Christ who is the resurrection and life. Be such a strong staff for both of you, this family, and all of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.